Hi, everyone. My name is Yosef Siegel, and welcome to this week's edition of the AMM Torah Podcast. Before we get to this week's Devar Torah, I just want to remind all of you that our Summer of Subscribers program is underway. We already have uh, one or two people, I have to check my records, we already have one or two people signed up for different partios, but there are partios still available. And very quick, just how it works. Uh, for the next uh, few weeks, we're going to give the opportunity to our subscribers to send in their own Divri Torah and let them be published either as an essay on the MM Torah blog and on our uh, email newsletter, or to send in a podcast, which will be published on the HashkafaHandbook.com and on uh, iTunes. Uh, just uh, be in touch with me. Email me at amemtorah.gmail.com. Let me know uh, if there is a Parsha that you want for the full list of Parshios. You can check out uh, our blog. Uh, old ideas for the modern mind. Blogspot.com, uh, or there should and there should be a link at the bottom of the email newsletter if uh, you are so subscribed. And uh, I really hope that uh, a lot of you take the opportunity and take advantage of this uh, program. And I'd really like to hear from you as well. So again, for for more details on this project, uh, check out the blog and please sign up for our email newsletter to uh, get more info on programs such as these and our Divrei Torah as well. And with that said, let's get right into this week's Svar Torah for Parsha's Balak. So at the end of last week's Parsha, we had the Bnei Israel going to war uh, with Sihon and uh, the Amori nation, and then with Og Melchabashan, and completely destroying them. And now at the beginning of this week's Parsha, Parsha's Balak, we see uh, Balak, the king of Midian, uh, considering his options uh, as the Bnei Israel continues to advance towards the border of Eretz Israel. And Balak uh, feels the responsibility to protect his nation from the Bnei Israel. And instead of going to war, like uh, Sihon and Og decided to do, he decides to hire Bilam, who was a sorcerer and the only non-Jewish prophet uh, in history. And since Bilam has this inner knowledge of the world through being a Navi and through knowing all the sorcery, and Chazal tell us that Bilam knew the exact moment uh, that every day when Hashem gets angry for a split second, whatever exactly that means. But Bilam could use that knowledge to put a curse on the Bnei Israel at that moment, which would cause Hashem to stop looking favorably upon Bnei Israel and hopefully end their advancement towards Midian and towards Eretz Israel. And as we know the story, Hashem performed a miracle. He did not allow himself to get angry that day, and therefore Bilam was not able to curse the Jews. And even more than that, uh, every time he tried to curse the Jews, Hashem flipped it around, and what actually came out of Bilam's mouth uh, were these tremendous brachos and praises of Bnei Israel, some of which are very famous, like the Pasuk of Matovu Olech Yaakov, which we say in davening. Others are some uh, famous in Yanim, famous ideas of Judaism, which we discuss. For example, um, one is Hain Am Levadad Yishkon, that they are a nation that uh, lives alone, which we see uh, is very applicable nowadays. And if you look at the, the brachos are really fascinating uh, in a couple of different uh, um, aspects. First of all, like we've said, that uh, that whenever Bilam tried to say a Klala, he ended up saying a bracha. So within the brachos, you can see uh, what Bilam's true intentions were. You could also learn, again, similar to Hainan Levadad Yishkon, these special, we can learn these special aspects about the Jewish people um, that really uh, make the other nations of the world uh, jealous of us and cause them to do all these things against us. And also, without the other nations of the world, just 
us as a nation what we can appreciate about ourselves. And that's something that, that's, that's the idea I'd like to talk about this week. Focusing on the bracha in, uh, actually one of the brachos, in Perik Gimel Pasuk Yud, that it says, Bilam says, Tomos nafshi mosi sharem. This is in the middle, this is just a small segment of the Pasuk. So Bilam says, Tomos nafshi mosi sharem. May my soul die the death of the upright. Meaning that he wants to die like a tzaddik. And the Orachayim explains that, uh, interestingly enough, the majority of the brachos, like we said earlier, uh, were things that Bilam did not intend to say. That uh, he intended to say a curse, and it was flipped around and it came out as a bracha. But this phrase, that Bilam wanted to die like a tzaddik, was actually something that he said on his own, that actually came out of his own desire. And this is more of a tefillah than, a, than a anything else, you know, whether it's a praise, whether it's a bracha. It's really Bilam davening, that, or, or pleading, that he, he's granted this, uh, this wish. And the simple explanation of what he's asking for, uh, which Orachim explains, is that we know that uh, a tzaddik can, after he dies, can enter Ganeiden with no delays. That even if he has any uh, virus on his uh, ledger, because of his greatness, he passes through without any issues and uh, goes straight to Ganeiden. And this is what Bilam's asking for, that he knows that he's a wicked person, and he's asking that he goes straight through. And the Orachim, at the end of the piece, it's a, it's a, not a long piece, it's a medium-sized piece, but he admits at the end that uh, for a Russia like Bilam, this is impossible, and it's a little far-fetched for Bilam to even think of himself that he would be granted this. So it's really a plea that uh, he, he really desires uh, such an end for himself, and, and even though he knows that it's not going to happen, which on one hand can show us how amazing that is. Um, but I think it fits really, really nicely uh, with his last explanation that he says in the piece. And I think that's what the Orachayim himself means as well. Um, that, uh, that this is a little far-fetched, but it, it works very nicely with what he's going to say. So this is, this is the final. The Orachayim has another smaller explanation in the piece, and then he says this final piece. What Billing was asking for when he says, Tomos nafshi mosisharim, is that he should be told the exact moment that he's going to die. Because then, right before he dies... He can do tshuva for all his averos, knock them all off his record, and then when he gets to Shemayim, when he gets in front of the Kisya Kavod, he could be considered like the greatest tzaddik, and he could uh, go straight into Ganeiden. Why did he want to wait until the day of his death? Why didn't Bilam just ask that he give it, get an opportunity to do tshuva? And that's the key about Bilam. This is one of the most wicked people of all time. He had such a close connection to Hashem as a Navi, and yet, despite this, he never showed any desire to do anything good. What did he want? He wanted, when he died, that he should be able to benefit from the Shrina, like the great Sadiqim do when they die. But he wasn't willing to do anything about it unless he was going to die. He couldn't live one day without doing evil. He had to know exactly when his last moment was, because then he would repent. He wasn't willing to live one day as a good person. And says the Orachayim, and the truth is that this applies nowadays as well, there are so many people that if they knew they were going to die, and we're talking about, you know, bad people, if they knew they were going to die, they would repent, they would do tshuva, and they would do it sincerely. It wouldn't just be because they were scared of, of being judged by Hashem to be wicked. They legitimately believe that their lives are wrong, that how, the way that they live is wrong. 
But if they did do tshuva and they did commit to be to doing a better life, to living a better life, they would demand at the same time that they die immediately afterwards, because they know about themselves that even though this is something they desire, even though this life is something which is worthwhile, they can't hold by it. They have no pleasure from it. They don't actually desire the lifestyle that comes with being an Eved Hashem, which comes with uh, Torah and mitzvahs. They just want their reward. They don't appreciate what the Torah is and what it gives to us. If they did, they'd be willing to live by the Torah. They know it's right, and that's why when they die, they want to be looked at as somebody who could be someone who did Torah and mitzvahs. But they don't appreciate what it gives to us, so therefore they're willing to die as tzaddikim, but they're unwilling to live the same way. And this is Bilam's attitude. He knew what was right. He was a Navi of Hashem. He got messages straight from Hashem. But when he looked at the Torah, when he looked at the mitzvahs, he was so disgusted, and he threw it away. He wouldn't, he wouldn't live that way. He was gifted an opportunity which no other person in his situation has gotten before him and has gotten for the rest of history. But when it came, and when it came down to it, he knew that what he was doing was wrong. He wasn't asking to die like a tzaddik. He wasn't asking to die like Moshe and Aaron did, that they were able to die through nishika, that they died with a kiss from Hashem. That was unlikely. He wasn't going to get to that stage, even if he was granted the opportunity to do tshuva. So what did he ask for? He asked for the opportunity to do tshuva and then immediately die so that he could collect that reward of being a good person, but he wouldn't have to live that way. And that's really the lesson that we can take from Bilam. Bilam was not willing to live as a good person. He was willing to die as a good person. So for us, let's not only be ready to die as Jews, to die as Ovde Hashem. Let's make sure we're willing to live as Jews as well. That we're willing to live as Ovde Hashem. And if we do so, we won't have to imagine what, what it would be like to die like a tzaddik, like Bilam did, because we would have already been living that way. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, you can email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter includes the written version of the Stvar Torah, as well as an MP3 download of this podcast. You can also get this podcast by going to iTunes and searching the Amem Torah podcast, or my name, Yosef Siegel. The podcast can also be downloaded from my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where you can also learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Hashkafa. The written version of this Dvar Torah is available at oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com. That's where the Ancient Ideas for the Modern Mind blog is hosted. Please check out the Nation's Wisdom Project by going to nationswisdom.blogspot.com. And you could also find us on all of our various social media pages, facebook.com slash amemtorah, and Twitter at amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, have a great job.